Welcome to a day of prayer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Together, let's engage in relationship with Christ through prayer, faith, and His Word. Good morning and welcome. You're listening to Dare Prayer's Morning Bible Study. We're so glad you could join us, but before we get into the Word, let's pray. Lord, we just thank you for everything that you continue to do in our lives, Lord. And Lord, we just thank you for your Holy Spirit and that you have freely given us Him so that we, He can guide us in each and every step in our path, Lord. And Lord, I also just thank you for also just allowing and making us available for Jesus to come into our hearts, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, good morning and welcome, everybody. Good we morning. <laughs> glad to have you all with us, uh, both the people here and those that are listening in, you know. Um, the whole point is that we all learn and grow together, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. And yes. we're continuing our study in the Lord's house, and we are continuing our discussion on the... Uh, boards, the sockets, and the bars. All right, the frame and the structure for the tabernacle or the Lord's house, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the tent of yes. meeting. Okay? okay. Um, and, and of course, how it pertains to Christ, how he's represented in it, and how it pertains to our life. So I just want to remind any, you know, everyone, if you been blessed by what you've learned and heard and been taught here that you would like the episode that you'd subscribe on this or any number one of our our platforms and that you also share this with others so they too can be blessed and learn and grow together amen amen yes. all right so can i get a volunteer to read reread exodus 26 verses 15 through 30 please i will all right, promise. And for the tabernacle, you shall make the boards of acacia wood standing upright. Ten cubits shall be the length of a board, and a cubit and a half shall be the width of each board. Two tendon, two tenons shall be at each board for binding one another. Thus you shall make for all the boards of the tabernacle. And you shall make the boards for the tabernacle, twenty boards for the south side. You should make 40 sockets of silver under the 20 boards, two sockets under each of, under each of the boards for its two ten, tenons. And for the second side of the tabernacle, the north side, there shall be 20 boards. And there are 40 sockets of silver, two sockets under each of the boards. For the far side of the tabernacle, westward, you shall make six boards, and you shall also make two boards for the two back corners of the tabernacle. They shall up, they shall be coupled together at the bottom, and they shall be coupled together at the top by one ring. Thus it shall be for both of them. They shall be for the cor- two corners. Now there shall be eight boards with their sockets of silver, sixteen sockets, two sockets under each of the boards. And you shall make bars of acacia wood, five for the board. Sorry, five for the boards on one side of the tabernacle, 
five bars for the boards on the, on the other side of the tabernacle, and five bars for the boards on the side of the tabernacle, for the far side westward. The middle bar shall pass through the midst of the boards from, from end to end. You shall overlay the boards with gold, make their rings of gold as holders for the bars, and overlay the bars with gold. And you shall raise up the tabernacle according to the pattern which you were shown on the mountain. Mm-hmm. Amen. So, wow. as is our custom, we're going to open the floor up for each of you to share what the Holy Spirit is speaking and ministering to you. And if you have any questions, please, now's the time to ask. All right? Okay. okay. So, who would like to begin? You can go first if you want to go. Okay, thank you, Promise. Just You're one okay. thing, like, um, when we were talking about how the Lord had to equip these these people with skills to mm-hmm. to design the tabernacle, the Lord also showed me that he had to equip them with physical strength. I know, like, at home when we had to do Saturday cleaning, trying to move the brown couches, I almost <laughs> always end up dropping it on my toe because it's heavy. Just imagine these, I don't even know how tall they would be, pillars that you're pushing up you don't have like a crane to pull them up like we do in the shipyards in our day and age but they're pushing and pulling on ropes probably to erect this thing and just the kind of strength that god had to put on the inside of them so that they could do this without hurting themselves and like straining muscles and how god equips us for our jobs today in a, in a similar manner he gives us um, spiritual strength because that's the thing that comes first spirit then the natural so he equips us with spiritual strength so we're able to stand and then he follows it up with some natural strength because he understands that we're going to need it and it's not like he just gives a small amount and goes oh, you took too much of my strength i won't have enough for Susie q over here but he gives mm-hmm. the whole thing that you need specifically and individually and how he does it and divides it it also allows us to work together and um, cooperate with one another to get the one job done. Like, it's better, again, with the couch example, I don't, I run on my toes less often when I have my brothers helping me lift the couch and move it out instead of me trying to do it on my own strength and and of what I've got on the inside of me. Again, life works much better when you have God uh, doing doing the, the heavy lifting, if you will, and you come on and just walk with him instead of trying to fight him and do it on your own. Mm-hmm. Our God is a complete God. And um, sometimes when we, we think about God, especially in, in modern culture, we tend to put him in a place of being antiquated, and his word is antiquated, and um, it's no longer relevant. And that's, that's certainly the mindset of the God of this world and the culture that goes, oh, the Bible, it's okay, but it doesn't really count for that, or it hasn't quote unquote evolved it hasn't changed or adapted to us because we're so much different now we're so special but no the word of god is never antiquated it's never not applicable it is always relevant and it doesn't need to change that the fact that his word changes not and he is good and he's god and he does not change that's what makes him stand because humanity is no different than it was then we have um the same needs they breathe the air they drank water, <laughs> they needed sleep, they needed clothes, they needed all the same things that we do today. And God knew all that. And God was able to speak to people where they were and still give them the ability to create something that was well beyond their own natural limitations. And nobody had to tell him to do that. Nobody had to go and instruct God. 
I, I think he had a, a question for Job in that capacity. <laughs> Where were you <laughs> when I was doing all these things? And there were there were storehouses and treasuries that God has that humans don't even know about. And God questioned him, where were you when I was doing this? Because he's almighty God. And he is that in every sense of the word. He is not a, a limited human creation. He is not an idol. He is not a, a, a dumb God, one who has no ability to speak or think or do. He is the true and living God. And as we were looking at this and as you were speaking, Layla, God reminded me, I was like, oh, Moses, that's what you were doing all this time. You were watching God show you all these intricate things and mm-hmm. explain them to you. You know, I just thought it took 40 days to get two, two tablets. <laughs> that's a long that time. doesn't make sense, right? <laughs> that's a long time. And I know, God, you're pretty fast. The first time your finger wrote it, but man. So God has divine purpose in our, in our humanity especially as we come from a place of being carnal to now being spiritually minded to see that the great detail that God places in what he says matters. It has relevance. It is therefore a purpose and a design that God, he, first of all, he wants and he knows God is, he's not foolish. I know sometimes when you guys speak to us thinking as children, speaking to their parents, when, when dad and I say things to you at times, don't you go, why? That seems stupid. Go, it's okay. You're safe. Put your hand up. I'll, I won't get you for that today. Because you don't understand. They all raise their hand. And I, I've been a child too. And my parents have said things to me. And I go, why? That doesn't make any sense. I don't even see why that's relevant. Because in my mind, I just think one, two, four. We're good. We're good. Hey, hey. Don't ask any questions. That's good enough. You have a saying, honey, good enough for government work, right? (laughs) It's good enough for what my perspective is. Mm -hmm. However, seeing as I'm not the creator of all things, the higher perspective that that the Lord articulates in Isaiah, my thoughts are not your thoughts. My ways are higher than your ways. Mm -hmm. You need to come up because it does matter. It does have a point and there is relevance. And when you as the children just wait, hold your tongue and just watch a little bit longer, you get to go, oh, now I get it. Now I see why that's there. I see why you did it that way. I see why you took that turn. And I see how it all comes together with every other instruction that's been given thus far. Exactly. And sometimes it takes a, a little bit longer. But our God, there is no counsel. There's no counselor who instructed him. He is the instructor. He is the counsel. He has all things. So as we go forward, keeping our perspective of how beautiful God is and what he does and what he did and what he will continue to do, all is relevant and it all matters. I can remember reading these scriptures over time and it had no, like in my mind, I was going, okay, God, what you said is good, but, and I can just take it at face value because you said it, it must be important. But even now, as we're, um, you all can't see this who are listening online, we're looking at uh, visual representations of what the structures look like. And I still get even more clarity going, okay, okay, God, you knew that. And then you put meaning behind it. Mm-hmm. You not only did the structural part of it that was sound and, and suited for its purpose to be resistant to the, the environment that it was in, also represent and maintain the holy perspective but also that they would be able to take it down and disassemble it to walk in the purpose you did all of this god 
mm-hmm. and gave them the insight and the wisdom and now without they, my opinion <laughs> without my but then it was you just have to execute it you have to carry it out to function in the design that's already prepared mm-hmm. and we haven't always done that right and we talked about this actually when we started this series um in this study on the lord's house uh in ezekiel 43 right uh, I'll start in verse 10. It says, Son of man, describe the temple to the house of Israel, that they may be ashamed of their iniquities and let them measure the pattern. And if they are ashamed of all that they have done, make known to them the design of the temple and its arrangements, its exits and its entrances, its entire design and all its ordinances and all its forms and all its laws. Write it down in their sight so that they may keep its whole design and all its ordinances and perform them. A couple things that I just want to say. There's a difference between shame and being ashamed. Shame is what the devil tries to do to you. Mm-hmm. Constantly bringing up the past and, and all the ways and times that we have failed. That we've been in error. We've been in opposition to the Lord. And he brings those things up in an attempt to prevent us from moving forward in the Lord and in the things of him. On the other side of that, we become ashamed when we realize or understand just how our sin, our iniquity, our failures, the ways and times we've been in opposition to the Lord, have grieved him, mm-hmm. have impacted him and our relationship with him, right? Amen. But that is part of the growing process. It's when we come in or understand just how we've impacted our relationship with the Lord, right? We do become yes. ashamed. But then, as a result of understanding or realizing those things, it's never to stay there or remain there. He always desires that we come up or grow or mature in him and in the ways of him. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yes. I'm going to try to make a point here. I'm going to share a little story. Please, brother. I think what you were just saying is important. Um, it has to come from a place of trust. Amen. <clears throat> um, so uh, I went to work at the... Uh, marine terminals where all the cargo ships come in they unload all the cargo Mm -hmm. and i was working in the air conditioning department and a gentleman named tom ramsey he's uh, long passed away and um we're working on a compressor and it's uh it uses ammonia to to for the freezer where all the seafood that comes in on the east coast used to come i mean like you know container after container you can't imagine the size of this freezer Mm. And we had this redundancy of all these compressors because we had to, you know, you couldn't afford to have it. You know, you're talking millions of dollars worth of seafood that Absolutely. would go if it's not working. Right. And so very precise precision equipment. I'm young. I don't really know that much. Mm-hmm. And I'm working on part of one of the uh, compressors. It's basically like an engine. Mm-hmm. It's a very precise machined part that mates against another machine part and must be highly protected. Mm-hmm. And Mr. Ramsey walked in and saw me with it on the bench. And he started yelling at me. And he says, you don't ever do that on the bench. Get on the floor to do that. And he walked out. 
So I picked it up. I put it on the floor. As soon as he walked out, I picked it back up from the bench. I'm not sitting on the floor and do this. I don't know what he's talking about. I didn't know him very well. I had been working at a very short time. There was no trust. There was no relationship. And there was no explanation given mm-hmm. for that. Mm-hmm. Um, well, within a matter of moments, it slid out of my hand, fell on the floor, and damaged the machine surface. And now it has to go to a machine shop. Mm-hmm. A very expensive repair. And now the compressor can't run mm-hmm. because I didn't understand that. Wow. I say that to come back to trust. As I said, I had no real relationship with him. Had only been there a short period of time. Mm-hmm. I had no basis for trusting him because we hadn't worked together to have that. Mm-hmm. Um, and he didn't offer me any explanation. Now, God doesn't need to offer us any explanation. But when it comes to trust, God has never violated your trust. That's right. So, Amen. Um, when, we're, when we're talking about these things and you're, you're thinking, maybe I don't need to think that or maybe I can't trust God, or you don't know what it's like in my life. Mm -hmm. I would just say that it's not God that's violated your trust. It's man or your your misunderstanding Mm -hmm. of who God is Mm -hmm. or what God is Mm -hmm. that has brought that to search your heart deeply. So you can trust these things. I think it's really, there was a key part of what you were saying there uh, that kind of made me run off in that uh, when you went to Ezekiel just a moment ago. Mm -hmm. Um, Make known the design. Right. And if we can't see it here, we can see it in every aspect of creation. God's every, every microscopic subatomic particle was part of his design. Every mm-hmm. single solitary mm-hmm. one. Ones that you can't see. Mm-hmm. That just, 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 it's, and it's working flawlessly. If you, there's, um, I think it's one of the, uh, um, the uh, amino acids that uh, you look at. It, it looks like a motor. I mean, it's got, like, gears and stuff in it. I mean, you mm-hmm. can't even see it unless you have a, like, super, super microscope, right, to, mm-hmm. to see it. And, it's, and there's design in that. Like, mm-hmm. the, you can't even see how deep that is. His design, his, his guidance for your life can be fully trusted. Amen. Amen. And, and, and has to be. Has to be. If you want to experience the fullness that he brings. If mm-hmm. you don't trust all of it, then you, you lose all of it. Well, don't lose all of it. But you can't, you can't ever ha- have that fullness. Okay. It's yeah. always a partial. And, and the why is key, right? He said to make known the design, all the design of the temple and its arrangements, right? Everything within it. To who? To those that were ashamed. So to phrase it another way, it's to those that are willing to understand, right? We'll take a, a teacher to a classroom. There are those students that are willing to learn, that want to, that desire. And there are those that don't want any part of it. The class, the lesson, or anything within it, right? Yes. Even Moses in the wilderness. The Lord explained things to him when he what? Especially as it pertains to the burning bush. When he turned aside to look and see while the bush wasn't being consumed. Exactly. Even though it was on fire. So when he was willing to go examine. Again, it's always the, the willingness, right? If those, Christ said it in this way. If anyone is willing, he will understand the teaching, whether it comes from me, or, or uh, sorry, I think I have that backwards. Uh, if anyone's willing, he'll understand the teaching, whether it comes from my Father, from above, or if I speak of myself, right? Yes. yes. This matters. We have to be willing. Same with Daniel, right? They yes. said when the angel... When Gabriel arrived and said, 
his first words were, as soon as you were willing or set yourself to understand, mm -hmm. the message was sent. Mm -hmm. And there was, of course, a delay. There was war happening, right, which delayed the message. But as soon as he was willing to understand, there it was. Father sent the answer. Exactly. Mm -hmm. It was already provided. We have to be in a place where we're willing. That the ashamed part, again, that comes from a realization a willingness to, to know and to understand, right? And Dean, I love how you brought this up. No, the Father doesn't owe us an explanation. <laughs> he does not have to explain every single thing to us. Amen. Right? And especially if we're in opposition, how can you teach someone well, that is unwilling? Not faith and trust asking him to do that. Right. It's not. But as a result of the relationship and the desire to grow in that relationship and to, to have that relationship be full, productive, healthy, and as he designed it to be, we should desire to want to know him and his ways and his thoughts, which means he then can, because we're willing, explain to us the deeper things and, and the why of everything and how it all fits together. It's interesting that after the, the children of Israel went to Babylon and the Lord, he spoke to some of his, you know, some of his prophets while he were, they were there. And then when he brought them back, the Lord, the Lord made arrangements, but it wasn't for God to come and seek them out to teach them more because wow. he had already done his part. They had to now respond on their end and go and seek God out. So to have the perspective of God, you're supposed to come to me and you need to come to me and keep coming to me every time I'm, out of alignment or to teach me more is, is wrong. It's an inappropriate thought process. God is always going to do what he is supposed to do, what he's already committed himself to do, what is right. Um, and we have a part to play in that as well, which is the ask, seek, and knock. That's for us to go to him and go, Father, you know, um, I've, I've wronged you in this. Daniel had to cry out to God and, and repent for the sins of the people. Um, and then Ezekiel and the others that were able to come back and, and have a chance to read the word, they had to go and seek it out themselves because God had already provided it and left it there. Um, he'd already spoken. I mean, he'd already made opportunities and all these things. And to sit down and, and you know, just sit in a, duff, a, you know, in a pile on the ground, which actually they had been doing, they had stopped building the temple for a long time uh, at, at certain periods because there was adversity. But to sit down and wait, just forgot to come and tell us what he's already said to us puts us in a place where we're not doing what we are supposed to do on our side. He did tell us to ask, seek and knock, and he does want us to pursue him as our part of the relationship. Promise. Did you have something to say, sweetheart? Oh, uh, yes. Okay, go ahead. Okay. First, I was, um, the Lord remind me of what those acacia wood. Mm-hmm. Um, I know this, the Lord told me that they weren't just picking up like whole acacia wood trees with leaves on it and everything and carrying it out there. But the, it was already fashioned. And how it already came out inside of that form and how the Lord already provided it. So you're saying they didn't have to do anything to the wood to get it to be the right shape? Wait. They weren't carrying whole acacia trees out of there, out of Egypt. Oh, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> No, they weren't. They, they left with silver and gold. 
they had you know some items to take with them mm-hmm. they were they were laden with with gold and with linen and things of that nature and and fine materials but the trees were out there this from what it sounds like they were in the wilderness they weren't plucking up whole trees and throwing it on their wagons and hold, hold, hauling that out of Egypt so yes i understand that god had set apart what he wanted um but that that's also a reminder to us that god has placed good things in our lifetime he's already predestined good works for us to walk in right it's our yes. job to pursue him and stay in line with him so we're able to get those things that he's set aside mm-hmm. because the the cloud didn't the cloud lead them by day right yes. where they were supposed to go when the cloud moved they moved and god doesn't ask us for something that he doesn't already provide he provides seed to the sower and bread for food that's who he is he says now come Let's, let's walk in this together. Here's my part and here's yours. He always does his, but we always want to get on his side and start mingling in his business, <laughs> telling him what to do, and then abandon and forget what we're supposed to be doing. Dean, do you have something you want to say? Well, it's just, <clears throat> I don't want to get too far off in it, but it's it's interesting to ponder uh, listening to you and Promise talk about the wood. So I, I think I leaned more along the lines of I, I assumed that the wood came out of Egypt with them. And um, so then I was just trying to think about the basis for my assumption in that, because I don't think uh, we got a a full list of everything that they carried out, mm-hmm. but they definitely plundered the Egyptians. So a plundering of their building supplies, um, knowing that they were prolific builders doesn't, doesn't seem to me a stretch. Possibly in the wilderness, they did get them and cut them down. I, I don't think the word is clear on that, but consider if they did uh, fell the trees in the wilderness and uh, cut them um, to planks, they would have had a drying and a seasoning period with mm-hmm. that as well, too. So you mm-hmm. can't just go cut a tree and, start and turn it, especially <laughs> if you're going to overlay it with gold. It's got to be fully Dry. dried mm-hmm. and, and fully um, uh, shrunk because the board will change its size after it's cut mm-hmm. before you could have overlaid it with gold mm-hmm. and all. So there certainly the wood was had to be seasoned some way or another prior to that happening. So um, mm-hmm. it would have it would slowed down the process of them building the temple, or they had to have had it to begin with. So that's 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 why I think they had it to begin with. But huh. well, I certainly say God provides. He does, and He knows all the details. Well, um, going to the the silver right for both the. Um, the sockets of silver, mm-hmm. uh, as it were, right? In Exodus 38, it discusses, uh, verses 25 through 20, it discusses the silver there, right? <clears throat> um, it says, from the talents of silver that were cast, the sockets of the sanctuary and the bases of the veil, 100 sockets from the 100 talents, one talent for each socket. Um, Dean, you brought up about weight, and you have brought this up in, in numerous times. Does anyone know the weight of a talent? Seven pounds? Oh, no. We've talked about it before. I don't remember it right now. 117 pounds per talent. So just the weight. Of these socks to hold these boards. And there are two 
<clears throat> excuse me, two at the base of each board. That's incredible. That's that's about as much as I weigh. <laughs> a, a small person. Well, well Layla brought up just the, the act of erecting this and the physical Absolutely. prowess that it would take to do this. Keep in mind that the Israelites were not known for their physical stature. In fact, quite the opposite. Part of the reason I wanted to bring this up, right? But again, it shows up. The Lord doesn't give us anything that we can't handle. This was in building the Lord's house, his tabernacle, the, the tent of meeting. Hmm. And, and, and let's not forget, we haven't covered this part yet. Oh, actually, can't forget if we haven't covered it yet. But um, <laughs> for those that have read ahead, the, especially when you get to Exodus 40, you will see how this was to be taken down and set up on the first of every month. At a minimum 12 times a year, this was reset up. Wow. How incredible is that? Amen. Wow. I can't, I can't even imagine that because then they had to be pretty quick about it. They couldn't spend two weeks setting it up, leave it for two weeks, you know, enjoy it for two weeks and then take it down. I mean. But the, so of course. Wow. And you can look at numbers for each tribe and all that throughout, you know, the, the books uh, of Moses, right? The first five books of the Bible. So clearly everybody <laughs> needed to be involved. There was a part, there was a role for everyone. But then, so as it pertains to our life, right? There's a role and a point and a purpose for your life. Mm. It matters. And if we're slacking, if we're not doing the work, if we're not uh, being just, right? And what we're supposed to do, then others have to carry that weight. All right? Mm-hmm. Yes. yes. We're here to serve not our own interests, but the others. So each person can grow, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. But, but the Lord desires that you carry out the plans and the purposes that he's already prepared for you to do. Mm-hmm. That's for every person. But we have to choose to come into alignment with that, to be refined, to be built up. Right, to come as living stones being built up into the house that the Lord has designed for us to be from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. Well, let's pause there for today and we'll resume again on the next one. So, can I get a volunteer to close out in prayer, please? I will. All right, Layla. Lord, we just thank you for today and for the things that you've equipped us with, Lord, that you've given us spiritual strength and natural strength, Lord, that you've given us skills and abilities, talents and treasures, Lord, that we can use it to glorify you, Lord, and to bring honor to your name, God. And we just thank you for the blessing of being able to be a part in your plan, Lord, to be one of your vessels of honor, God, to fill and walk out your plan and your mission for redemption that you have for the earth lord and we just thank you for your goodness lord and your justice that reigns upon this land lord that reigns upon the earth god that your righteousness your truth and your love prevail lord and that there's not a power in heaven and earth or under the earth that can stop you lord until you know but that you come out on top lord as you always have you are and you always will god so we just thank you for that victory and that triumph in jesus name amen in Jesus' name, amen. 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 Well, we love you. God bless you. And have a wonderful day. We hope you've enjoyed listening to A Day of Prayer's Morning Bible Study. 
This year, Pastor John and I are believing for 1,000 new partners to believe God with us and join in the work of the ministry. God is doing great things through a day of prayer, and we want you to be a part. If the Lord has placed on your heart to partner with us, please contact us online at adayofprayer.org. Click on the menu and select Partner. Complete the form, and we'd love to hear from you. Thank you again. God bless you. Have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening to A Day of Prayer. We trust the Lord that you are strengthened and encouraged in your relationship with Christ. Visit us on our website, adayofprayer.org, where you can check out our blog, find additional study resources, or shop the official A Day of Prayer store. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So until next time, take care and God bless you.